Welcome to the Living the Writing Life podcast. My guest today is award-winning author Ramona Reeves. Ramona's interlinked story collection, It Falls Gently All Around and Other Stories, was the 2022 Drew Hines Literature Prize Award winner. The collection was published by the University of Pittsburgh Press and is set in Mobile, Alabama, where she grew up. Ramona has also been awarded an AROHO Fellowship, a residency at Kimmel Harding Nelson Center for the Arts, a scholarship from Community of Writers, and the Nancy D. Hargrove Editor's Prize. She's also served as an associate fiction editor for Callisto Gaia Press. Her stories and essays have appeared in the Southampton Review, Bayou Magazine, Pembroke, Superstition Review, Texas Highways, and others. In today's conversation, we'll be talking about the challenges and joys that are part of writing short stories. Welcome to the show, Ramona. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, this is going to be so great. I'm so happy to have you on the show since the 21st of this month is Celebrate Short Fiction Day. So let's dive right into the subject of short stories, specifically your debut short story collection, It Falls Gently All Around and Other Stories. What is the theme of that collection and what served as the inspiration for that theme? The theme, the the main theme I would say it centers around is uh, an exploration of class. And uh, that was... uh, that was something I've really been interested in exploring. It doesn't seem like it's something that is directly um, talked about in a lot of, a lot of fiction. Uh, And growing up in Mobile, uh, actually a lot of places in the deep South and I'm sure, I'm sure everywhere, uh, class is uh, very much a, um, I don't know if it's an issue, but it's very much something that is, that is present and and not spoken about. We we often, I think, in American society, talk about we talk about um, we talk around it, but we don't always talk about it. So um, Mobile definitely has uh, those classes, as does a place like Savannah and Charleston, New Orleans. Uh, you know, I grew up hearing that like you know so and so is is from old money. Uh, and that is still a very real thing. Uh, in fact, if you, uh, there's a there's a filmmaker uh, in Mobile named Margaret Brown who just came out with a film called Descendant, and um, and she mentions you know some of those families, and a lot of her work I think also uh, talks about and deals with class among other things, including race. But um, but I just felt like it was a rich a rich landscape and. Um, also, I always wanted to set a story collection in my hometown, so. Oh, well that, hey, that's as good a reason as any. And, and you know, you're, you're right about class. It's It kind of reminds me in a way about pornography. Well, we can't define it, but you know it if you see it. When it comes to class, we always sort of know what class we're in and how we rank compared to other people. You know, I starting from when you go to school, you kind of sort of know. Yet it sometimes it's hard to put your finger on it. You know, so I'm I'm sure that will be, you know, an interesting thing to read. Uh, it certainly um, gives people a different perspective. You know, as they're reading the stories about the characters, 
getting a sense of, oh, I never quite thought of it that way, you know, that that type of thing. Um, you know, your story is described as a link short story collection. For those who are unfamiliar with the term, can you explain what that means? Uh, sure. Uh, link short story collections are sometimes called interconnected collections, sometimes story cycles. Uh, for readers, that just means that uh, there are elements that are usually means that there are elements that recur throughout the book. So for example, you may have characters that show up in the first story that also show up in the third and the 10th story. Uh, the, the place may be the same, themes may recur, objects may recur. And, and what this basically all means is that uh, reading a link short story collection can have sometimes the feel of a novel or, it, or all of them, I would say, borrow from the novel toolbox. Uh, so you get to see the characters and build sort of a relationship with them um, over time in a lot of linked short story collections in the way that you would a novel. Hmm. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Uh, one of the things that, it, that intrigued me was prior to publishing this collection, you had a range of experience in the writing profession. You've been a freelance article writer, a proofreader for her Men's Fashion Weekly, and you've worked as a technical editor and writer. Now, some people may think that that kept you, kind of sidetracked you from working on your fiction, although I'm sure you, like me, it's also an income source. But I wonder if you view your past work in the nonfiction realm as an, as, as an asset to writing fiction, and if so, in what way? Um, yeah, I, yeah, it took me, a, it took me a quite a while to figure out how to, <laughs> how to write creatively and center and center, uh, really focus myself on that and see my jobs as day jobs, um, and not my career, uh, per se. I think part of that, and, you know, I'm sure there are writers who experienced this is that I came from a family where, uh, most of the people of the generation before me did not go to college of any sort, and they expected me to. And if you went to college, you became a teacher or an accountant or something, you know, <laughs> something people understood, not an artist. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I do think I do think, though, that those range of experiences helped me develop a fairly strong sense of audience uh, in, in some ways. And because uh, I had to write many different kinds of things as uh, I, I joked with somebody at my last job as a state editor I wrote everything from you know blurbs about the food trucks for the lunch menu to editing legislative documents you know <laughs> so uh, you so you do get a strong sense of that and and also I feel like all those experiences are not wasted uh, because it gives me so much to write about I feel, if anything, like at this point that I might run out of time in terms of all the things I want to write about. So, um, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't look at it as any of it as, as really wasted. You know, something you said in, in the beginning of your answer really struck a chord with me when, when you said, you know, how you were viewing yourself and I'm paraphrasing how you were viewing yourself as a fiction writer versus as a paid writer, okay, um, in terms of what's the career, and that that was something I had, I had read a couple of essays about this over the summer, and that was something that really struck me because for just about 
all of my professional life, I've been a paid freelance writer, you know, magazines, copywriter, whatever. So you tend to identify yourself. That's my profession. That's my career. And writing books, well, you know, it's, it's, it's cool and everything, but you don't really think it's a career because we tend to associate the word career and profession with the amount of money that we earn, if any. Right. Um, and I thought about that a lot this summer because in my case, I'm transitioning into writing novels from writing so many short stories. And I thought, you know, and then, then you're, and I don't know if you've run into this, but you know, then, then you face that challenge of, well, I don't know, can I do it? Am I going to be any good at it? Writing a novel is so much harder or whatever we tell ourselves when we try to back out of something. And I thought, I have to start identifying myself as an author, that that is my career, it, regardless of whether or not that is my income source, that's my career. And the other thing I'm doing is to support my career. And, you know, sometimes when we do that little mental shift, it gives us um, a little more encouragement and helps us identify who we really are in the greater arc of our life. You know, are we, what do we want? I, I used to use this example. What do you want on your tombstone? Are you a freelance writer or are you an author? You know, I, no, I don't think I want freelance writer on my tombstone. <laughs> I'll pass on that, but author, yeah, I'll take that one. So I, I don't, I don't know. Did you, did you ever kind of struggle with that? You know, in, in terms of, can it be a career if it's not providing the bulk of my income? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I would say uh, the first, the first one or two writers conferences when I stuck my toe in the water and went to some of those, I felt completely like an imposter. Um, I thought, what am I doing here? I, you know, um, but I felt like I was just playing the part. Um, it so I, I, I think it took me a while to transition to actually thinking of myself as a writer and calling myself a writer, but it's. It, it, it seems to me it's really, um, if I hadn't made that transition, I don't think that I would have the book out that I have now because I, um, I really began to see my job as the day job and um, began to define myself um, as a fiction writer. Um, you know, that was regardless of how everyone else saw me. I knew other people saw me differently, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it just really, it's, it comes back to that whole idea of self-talk. Yeah how, we, yeah. how do we talk to ourselves and how do we identify ourselves? And then when we pick the identity, which is the one we want, that kind of boosts us along the path of actually, okay, now quit talking about doing it and create that reality. Right. Um, you, know, you had also served in a, as an associate fiction editor. What did your experience as a fiction editor teach you about writing fiction? Well, in my role with uh, Calista Gaia Press, which is a wonderful press in Austin, Texas, um, I, I mostly was a reader. So I read lots and lots and lots and lots of submissions. Um, I also read for Puerto del Sol when I was... Um, doing graduate work in fiction writing, but um, I think I think both of those uh, taught me, for one, to be sure 
it's kind of a balance to, to on one on the one hand be sure and let my work sit and percolate because I always get very excited when I write something new and I think oh this is so great you know um and then maybe I let it sit for a few weeks and I go back to it and I think oh my god this is terrible <laughs> uh so I think you know getting a sense of that and you know the revision process and what a person's revision process is before submitting but also at the same time not waiting for something to be absolutely perfect polished yes but not perfect um and then as you know many editors and, and have said you know making sure that the press or the review or whatever you're sending to uh, that it's a good fit for your work. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess last I would say uh, it it definitely made me aware of, you know, uh, language, um, make, making sure that you have strong verbs, strong nouns, and the words that, you know, knowing the words that uh, you might tend to overuse. I mean, I know what mine are, and I'll go back and search for them. And, and you know, those are those are times when I think, oh, I'm using that because I'm being a little lazy. Some I need to I need to work on this the spot. I started keeping a running list of words. You know, I I would read through a story and it'd be like, oh my God, I've used that same adverb 10 times now, or that same <laughs> noun or whatever. And the other thing I've noticed is there are certain names I like. And I ran into that with my first collection because the same female name appeared in three stories and my editor said you need to change that because people are going to think it is the same character that's like renaming your child after he's like six years old right oh my god it was so hard because you know it's it's like we we choose a name that fits our perception of the character plus the number of syllables makes a difference or where the accent falls that was so now I keep a running list of names and say, don't use yes. Paul again. Don't use this one again because Sarah, that's that's a favorite one. Sarah and Paul. It's like I have to stop doing that, right? So it is it is just so bizarre. And you don't realize it when you're doing individual pieces, but when you start putting the collection together and you're well, of course, in your case, with it being interlinked, I suppose as long as it's the same character. But still, it's like, oh, come on, let's throw some new names in. Um, you know, I, I'm curious, too, have you, with your stories, like, do you belong to a writing group where you share your work and get comments? Or did you use beta readers to kind of get some feedback on your work? Yeah, um, I have, whenever I could do it, I've, I've, I've always been part of uh, workshops. Uh, I mean, I started writing these stories in 2009 the first few and then there was sort of several years between picking them up again finishing the first draft but uh yes i've i've been in workshops uh i have gone as i just mentioned i've gone to some writing conferences where i met people uh, who became readers um i've taken classes where i've met people who became readers so uh you know a lot of that's just occurred naturally by by becoming part of the writing community uh, I found people that I could read their work and they could read for mine. So yes, I definitely had um, several people read through the entire manuscript for me, uh, which was really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so I, you know, I always say we sit and we write uh, 
we write alone, but it, to get a book out there and even during the revision processing, having readers, it, it, it really takes a village. It, it, it does. I think that is that is so valuable. You know, if it, as long as we have the right readers, because obviously we we want to choose readers who, um, first of all, like to read that kind of thing, but will also give us valuable feedback, not just, oh, that's the best thing you've ever written. I mean, we can get that from our parents, right? I mean, we want really tell me what's wrong with it. Don't tell me. You can tell me what you like, but mostly tell me what's wrong. You know, where did you I always say, tell me where you hit a speed bump, because that is just, you know, something that slowed you down or whatever. But yeah, I, I think. You know, and it, and I think it also teaches us don't be so precious about your work. You know, be open minded. If somebody points out something or, or questions a character's behavior or response, then, you know, you might still be right, but it is something definitely worth looking at because, you know, it's, it's, um, we need that objectivity and it's hard to do it on our own because we've been living with this war forever right so um now you said you had um you had started the collection in 2009 or were they just individual stories but you weren't thinking of it as a total collection uh no i i was actually i started the first four stories as part of a class um we were studying interconnected stories um i didn't know after that if i would pick it back up and do anything with it um I actually uh, finished that program where I was and uh, went back and I needed to find a job and health insurance and all of those sorts of things. So, uh, and, and I was writing stories and then I decided, you know, let me go back and take a look at these. And I became interested in the stories again um, and decided that I would write an entire book based on those characters uh, and just see where it went. And, and of course I came up with new characters, but, um, but I did, I guess, conceive of it initially as a uh, interconnected story collection. Uh, not that I knew, even though I'd read many, I not that I knew really all that that entailed at the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and, and I would say I spent, you know, between uh, probably two years on the first draft and another three years revising total, uh, not necessarily all consecutively, but so there was probably about six years six to seven years spent on the book. Wow. That is, that's, that's a long time, but at the same time, sometimes it, it takes, you know, my feeling is it always takes however long it takes. And if exactly. sometimes life gets in the way or whatever, well, then we'll just get back to it when we can. Right. Right. Life can do that. So let me ask you your writing process. Are you a pantser or a plotter? I'm definitely a pantser. I wish <laughs> I wish I was a plotter. I read a craft book a few years back uh, uh, by Benjamin Percy called Thrill Me. And in there, he has one chapter that talks about making outlines for short stories. And I've heard other people say that they can do this magical thing. Uh, it's not something I can do. Uh, I tried and my story just went off the rails anyway and went in a different direction so uh i think that you know i just try and get the draft down that i can that i can get down and then go from there have you had um, the experience when you're when you're writing a story um and, and i think you just alluded to it now where you're writing the story 
and you really don't know how it's going to end. You, you almost get the sense, especially when you're on a roll, you almost get the sense of you're transcribing what the characters are telling. You're, you're like following them as opposed to telling them what to do. Have you, is, is that been your experience or am I the only crazy person that's like that? No, I, I, I very, I most of the time don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, the only thing I say is uh, that I will say is now I have a little bit of a sense of just based on the beginning um, and what it seemed, whatever the particular predicament the character is in, whatever it is they're, they're hoping to get or not get um, that I do have a sense of, of, you know, what's going to happen in terms of, in terms of that, like this, you know, this person wants a car. Well, I know they're not going to get a car at the end. I don't know what they're going to get or what reckoning is going to come to them or if it's going to be a reckoning for the reader. But um, so, but that's still, that's very vague. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't tend to know a lot. I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's more interesting if we don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a definite pantser. And, and it's like, if I had the whole thing plotted out, then what's the point in writing it? I already know. I already know what's going to happen. There's no surprises, right? It's it's like I, I mean, about the the most I know is okay. This is going to be a funny story, or it's going to be a serious story, or it's going to be a weird story. But you know, that's about it. I'm I'm not like I don't sit there and go and this and this and this and then in the end this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll know what's going to happen when I get to the end, right? But I don't um. You don't necessarily uh, uh, worry about it. I figure, and sometimes, and I'm sure it's happened to you, where you get you get so far, and then you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of stuck. So it's like, okay, I have a huge folder on my computer that is stories in various forms of completion, right? But they're not ready yet. So it's kind of like, I'll come back to you. And sometimes it might be a couple of years, but then when you come back to it, you're looking at it fresh and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I know where I could go with this. And then it's yeah. exciting, you know, I just, yeah, um, that, go ahead. That discovery is, no, that, that the, the moments of discovery in writing really are, are the fun part for me where you, where you discover something, um, even in revision and, and, and you, oh, this is how, this is why that piece in the beginning is there because it connects to this piece. Um, that's just, that's just really fun when that happens. Oh yeah, I, I think that's the most exciting part. Now, I, I am curious too, when it comes to developing a, a piece of fiction for you, whether it's a long, a long form one, a short piece, what is the initial spark? Do you, do you start with a visual image? Do you have a plot idea, do you have theme? Do you do like a line of dialogue, which is tends to be my go-to. I'll hear a line of dialogue and it's like, okay, let me see what happens next. What what starts it for you? What what turns the engine on for you? For me, it's usually a character that, that starts speaking to me, uh, or that I that I somehow that somehow pops into my mind. Um, so for uh, for this book, uh, one of the two main characters, Babby, just you know, she was she was one that was very clear to me in the beginning, popped into my head, and um, so. I would say I would say usually it's it's something about a character, either their voice or 
just the way they look or something, some action, some gesture um, can trigger those things. Mm -hmm. Do you have a sweet spot when it comes to the story length or do your short stories basically take as many words as they need to? I, you know, I think a story is done when it's done, but, uh, you know, so it could be super short or it could be, could be long, but um, I seem to gravitate a, somewhere between 15 and 20 pages on my own stories. Um, the, the last story in the book is quite long. I think it's around 30 something pages, but I don't remember exactly. Uh, and I think there's one that's 10. So, um, but yeah, 15 to 20, but you know, I don't, I don't know that length matters as long as the story is working. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you, you can't cut it off before it's done and you can't drag it out just because you decided, you know, I want a 10,000 word short story. I mean, you, you drag it out, people know you're dragging it out, right? Um, now, what uh, do, do you, do you make a, um, a decision regarding whether the story, the character is going to be in a short story or something longer? Do you, how much initial control do you make over that? Or do you just start writing and however, whatever it turns out to be, whether it's a short story, flash fiction, or the beginning of a novel, it just sort of goes and you just let it go? Yeah, I, you know, I, I've had pieces I started as flash fiction, which turned into short stories, uh, just because even though I was trying to capture just that, you know, that, that flash moment, um, the characters became uh, more complex or more interesting to me in some way or the situation, and I ended up writing more, they became longer. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't stick to that limit. But um, yeah, I often, I often, I guess have a sense of this is a flash fiction piece because I'm because it's this this specific moment of something happening that I'm trying to capture or it's a short story uh, which means it probably has just a few characters uh, once you get into a large group of characters then I think um, for me anyway uh, I may be looking at a novel um, or a novella or something like that. Uh, but you know, that's, I mean, I don't know that those are rules and of course rules are made to be broken, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's sort of how I think about those. Are there specific challenges for you when it comes to writing short stories? Um, I think just initially figuring out what it what it is that the story is about, uh, I and I find out I don't always know that until I get into maybe the the third or fourth revision. You'd think, oh, you've written the first the first draft of the story, certainly you know what it's about, but not necessarily. That's just sort of the um, you know place where you've initially pitched your tent. Um, there's still or, or maybe it's more like you've you've put all the camping gear on the ground and none of it's you've got it all there, but you don't exactly know what you have yet until you start, you know, deciding where you're going to put the tent and where you're going where you're going to cook and uh, where you're going to sleep and so forth. Um, and I think just uh, 
looking at and working on all of those elements helps me decide, um, helps me decide or get to the place where I know what the story is about. But um, yeah, that can, that can take some time. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, what are some of the joys or creative satisfaction you gain from writing short stories? Um, I enjoy, well, I enjoy, I enjoy the sense that, you know, there's, it feels like there's, um, these finite moments that are, that are completed and that I have a sense of some change either in a character or reader, but I think, I, you know, I think oddly when I'm thinking about it now, one of the things I really enjoy about short stories is how they make me as a writer, uh, perhaps think about certain situations or even certain characters or certain people differently than I might otherwise. Uh, um, and I think what I'm getting at there is uh, sometimes I've chosen to write people because I think, oh, I don't, I don't like this character or this person. Um, and I've, I've tried to come at that from a place of empathy or compassion, um, not necessarily letting them off the hook for whatever it is that they, you know, uh, think or believe if it's something I don't like, but, um, but I think that's one of the things I enjoy is, is that again, discovering, um, discovering new things about people and being able to see situations through a new lens. Mm -hmm. And yeah. because it is a short story, you have to be really focused on that. You know, we don't have the latitude of 80,000 words to play around with. So right. it does, it, it, it restricts us, but at the same time, it's, um it's an enjoy, I, I find it an enjoyable challenge myself. It's kind of like, I get to the point, get to the point, you know, let's hone in right on it. And that yeah. uh, is, is sometimes a lot of fun to have to do that, you know? Oh, ab absolutely. And it is, it is a very demanding form in that way. I mean, I think, you know, there's not, uh, there's not room for, uh, you know, extra things that you don't need, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, your, your characters and your scenes and the objects that you choose to use and the dialogue all needs to be, um, you know, moving the story forward in some way. Right. Absolutely. You know, there is the perception of some that short stories are the redheaded stepchildren in the literary family, and that those of us who write short stories do it because we can't deliver a novel. You know, we don't have that capacity. So by default, we write short stories because we're not good enough to write an, a novel. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Have you run into that? uh, you know, comments like that, or people implying that? And if so, how, how did you respond to it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I've run into it specifically, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think of short stories as the redhead stepchildren. I mean, I, you know, like we were just saying, it's its own form. Uh, just as, you know, poetry is a very different form of writing, um, which I, I don't attempt, but <laughs> um, but I think it's its own form, uh, as is the novel. And, uh, you know, I think it, 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 
I think each one depends on the narrative you want to tell to some degree. I mean, is it, you know, can you do it justice in a short story? Does it need to be in a novel? Is that is is a longer narrative or or maybe not longer, but something that just requires deeper and or not even deeper, because you can explore things very deeply in a short story, but something that requires more expansive exploration. Um, so as far as uh, as far as you know, short story writers not being able to write a novel and so forth. Um, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, um, I suppose people could go the exact opposite way and say, well, you know, uh, perhaps you know, novelists don't write short stories. But I, I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't look at it that way. I think it really depends on the narrative to, as to the form you choose, but. You know, then there were some people, um, I, I was thinking of um, Alice Monroe when you mm -hmm. were reading, who is just an amazing, you know, just an incredible short story writer. Uh, and her not, her short stories to me, I feel like I've read a novel when I finished them, which is such an amazing feat. Um, so um, the main thing I hope is just that more people will read short stories because uh, I, I obviously love them and... Um, and, and think they're very worth reading. Oh, abs absolutely. I, I mean, it, it is, it is, you know, like you said, it's a different form and there's no, there should not be, let's put it that way. There should not be the understanding that, well, if you were any better, you could write something longer, you know, oh, you only, oh, you only write short stories. Wait, when are you going to work on a novel? You know, you, you, sometimes you do hear that, you know, and it's kind of like, eh you know, don't, don't compare the two. They're just, they're two, like you said, two separate ones. Now, speaking of novel writing, you're working um, on a novel now. Is that the first one that you've ever attempted? Or do you have one sitting in a drawer somewhere? The infamous first novel that never sees the light of day. <laughs> um, yeah, this, well, the funny thing is, after I finished the, the, the book that's out now, I, um, I, which is a few years back, I, I had a novel sitting in a drawer and it was this one. Uh, I, I completely rewrote it. It was one of those things where I thought I was just not ever going to do anything with it. And then I reread it and I thought, oh, I can, I think I, I think I know what to do with this now. So I completely rewrote it, um, and spent some time on that, um, but um, but yeah, I've I've enjoyed doing it and 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 speaking to one of your one of the questions earlier about experience, I can definitely see. I definitely thought about all the experiences I've had in my life and uh, working all the various jobs I've had because um, uh, I I I could see myself using some of those, not maybe directly, but very indirectly uh, in writing that novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And sometimes I think we're not even, whether it's in a novel or a short story, we're not even aware of what we've brought from our own life or interactions with other people. And it's like, you know, and then somebody else will read it and go, oh, I remember when you had a similar experience. Oh, and you're thinking, oh, that's right. You know, it's sometimes <laughs> it is funny, the things that are stuck up in our head, they'll work their way out. And it's not till after that we say, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is true. I did kind of go through something like that, you know, or deal with this per or this person was in my life. And now I've just sort of 
taken elements of them and thrown them into this fictional character, but um, it it is, it can be a lot of fun, you know, and well, and just all the different experiences. So, um, you know, not only the, the technical end of it, but just the people that you met along the way that either you worked with or, or, you know, customers or whatever, you know, it's, it just, it, I think it broadens our ability to write better characters because that's what people are in real life is they can be really characters uh, in, in so many different ways. Right. <laughs> True. Now is your, is your writing process different when you're working now that you're working on or have been working on this novel than when you did short stories? Uh I wrote at the same, you know, times of day and all those sorts of things, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a different process for sure. I mean, for one thing, I, I have many more extensive um, notes um, and even, you know, <laughs> even succumb to a spreadsheet on the novel, uh, but just because, you know, I, I can't, unlike a short story, I can't keep all of the pieces and parts in my head. Um, so, so yeah, I've, I've definitely had a different process for that. Um, and, uh, and used a different process actually for, for the revision part of it. I mean, with, uh, with short stories, I mean, I've, I've, I've written enough of them that, um, I'll, I'll go through and I'll, I'll know some of the revisions I need to make and I'll do everything I can that I know to do and get it to a point where then I, then I, you know, ask, ask somebody who is a reader to read it for me um, and, and provide more suggestions. But, uh, but with the novel, I actually, you know, um, I didn't have, like we talked about before, I, I had some idea of where it was going uh, as far as the beginning, middle, end. Uh, but, you know, I still had the panster. I actually did the outline in the second or third draft where I went through and outlined the whole thing of what I actually had, uh, had written. And then from that moved parts around, rearranged pieces of that outline on the, on the novel itself. So the writing process is actually quite different. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It is, it's almost impossible to remember, I mean, even something as specific as, you know, in chapter two, the character has a seafood allergy. God forbid that in chapter 12, when she's in a restaurant, she orders shrimp because someone's going to notice that even if you don't catch it. Right. So you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's always it's always a, a process of because if it, in a short story, it's easy to look for that. But in a yeah. novel, that's, you know, not always the easiest way to find those kind of mistakes. And readers will find it when the book comes out. That's for sure. Um, did the pandemic, you know, when we had the lockdown and everything, did that affect you creatively? Were you writing more? Were you writing less? Um, I feel like actually the during the pandemic, I wrote more. Uh, and I, I think some of that was just because for the first time, uh, although I had, I think two work from home days at that point at my, uh, my job, I think it was the first time that I was working from home every day. So I didn't have to get in traffic and commute and, you know, get dressed and put on, you know, 
<laughs> clothes for the office and all of those things. So it, it actually gave me more time to write. Um, I mean, it was sometimes difficult just in terms of the, you know, daily stress I'm, that everyone experienced of, you know, what is, <laughs> what is COVID and, you know, where is it and how do you get it and when will there be a vaccine all those sorts of questions you know and um but i but i feel like it actually uh that i actually wrote quite a bit during the pandemic mm -hmm. yeah it's it's funny because you know I've, I've talked to different writers and some of them like you wrote more some of them were just so freaked out that it was like you couldn't you couldn't even get creative because you were afraid. I mean, every time you had the least little sniffle, you're thinking, oh, my God, I better make sure my life insurance is paid up. Right. Because I'm now going to die. Right. It was just um, it's just it's just such an interesting thing even now to look back on it because it it wasn't that long ago. But it's really hard to remember a time when we didn't have to think about it. You know, I mean, I had just, I had gone down to see my son in Florida the fall of 2019 and had plans in 2020 to come back because I had a book coming out, right? And and obviously that didn't happen, um, but it just was so fast that it happened. And so we didn't, it's not like little by little, there was a warning it's, it's like the difference between being in Florida and being told there's a hurricane coming and you got six days to board up. And I live in Ohio. And by the time the tornado siren goes off, it could be already over, right? So, I mean, it's just, it's a whole, yeah. yeah COVID was definitely more, I think more, more tornado. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was just an, an interesting thing. And I don't know about you, but I don't have a desire to, write COVID related stories. You know, I don't want to write stories about a character going through the pandemic. I just, it's like, ugh, I think I'll pass on that. You know, other writers have done it and they've done it really well where it's been, been an integral part of the story, but it was like, it was enough to have to live it. I don't want to necessarily relive it in my writing. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's maybe in another 10 years, you know, but not yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a desire to do that yet either. And, um, you know, listening to you, I was I, I was realizing, you know, I, I think writing is one of the, the reason I could write more is it was the thing that felt normal to me because I did that every day. So it was it was a stabilizing force for me. Um, so I, and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that it was. Yeah, yeah it, it would have been, you know, so much harder if we were in a profession where, because we didn't go into the office, now we didn't have anything to do. You know, the, the job was like, a, say, a retail job or something, where it's all of a sudden, oh, my God, now what? I mean, we we can yeah. write, you know. I mean, that is a lifeline in, in so many ways. Um, question for you. What is the worst advice anyone ever gave you about being a writer? Um, when I was younger, someone said, if you don't publish anything or do anything by the time you're 30, you should just quit, <laughs> which I think is the worst advice ever. I, <laughs> since I think, you know, a, a lot, there are a, a ton of writers who don't do anything until they're after 30. Um, so yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is that is that is just crazy. That is uh, it's just crazy um, because some people can produce early in life. Some people we need that life experience. My first book, I was fifty when my first book came out. I had my first short story published at forty, only because it never occurred to me to submit anything. I mean, honestly, it sounds stupid, but I'd been writing short stories for so many years it never occurred to me that any of them could get published. It was more like yeah. the guilty little secret that you did. Nobody, you know, nobody knew about it because no one would ever publish this. And then the first time it happened, I, I don't know if you can remember the first time you had one published, but the first time it happened, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, somebody, I mean, I, and I've been writing articles, you know, for magazines and newspapers, but that was different. That was work writing to have somebody actually publish a short story, something you completely made up. It's like, oh my God, I could, I could be a writer. I could be a real writer. You know, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And I, I, I published my first short story in my forties and this book in my fifties. So yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. There, you know, there, there's, like you said, there's, it is, it is crazy when they do that, when they assign certain ages, but it's like, you know, we write when it's the right time for us, you know, and the things we write now at our age aren't, are not things perhaps that we could have even written when we were 20 or 30, you know, because again, it's the, the life experience. When I've interviewed, you know, some, some writers who were in their seventies and they said, you know, I feel my work is so much richer now because I have so much more to draw from, you know, mm -hmm. I can remember what it was like, the, the, the challenges of being a teenager and then the challenges of being a young mother and then caring for elderly parents. What would I have known about, you know, some of that when I was 35, you know, so it's, um, it, it's the depth of experience, I think, you know, that is, can be, can be underrated, you know, and they, but you're right, you know, they think, well, if you haven't done it by now, you know, hang up the pencil because you're done. And it's not exactly. So what is the best advice anyone gave you about being a writer? I think the best is to always be sure to have fun. Um, and that came from the late Kevin McElroy. Uh, who, who passed away earlier this year. Uh, he was uh, an instructor of mine, wonderful writer, and he just said, always play. He said, because if writing is just drudgery, uh, you know, and just hard all the time, you're not going to stick with it. Um, but also it, it's just, you know, and for me that, you know, part of that play is just remembering sometimes I, I, I try to think about I try to remember the books that made me want to write the the books and the language that I fell in love with in the first place. Um, and so I think, you know, that idea of play is tied to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I never wanted my fiction writing to feel like a job. I mean, even though, you know, even though we, we create deadlines for ourselves, we have goals for our writing, obviously, but I didn't want to turn it into a job like my, freelance writing is because that that takes all the joy out of it you know I want it to be I mean yes it would wouldn't it be fabulous if we could live off of our free uh, off of our fiction writing but you know if, even if we can't we want it to be something that is gratifying 
That is, that is soul filling. You know, we don't want it to be like, oh my God, I got to sit down and write this story and find a character. I mean, who wants to do that? It should be fun. You know? Yeah. I, I definitely have that, that attitude um, for me. Yeah. So I always like to ask this question at the end of an interview because I I get so many different answers and yet I do see a commonality among them. How do you define success as a writer? What makes you feel successful as a writer? Uh, well, initially what makes me feel successful is just having, having written. <laughs> you know, if I'm supposed to sit down and write that I actually do it. Uh, and then finishing finishing a story or finishing something a draft um, that's enormously gratifying. Um, with the book coming out, I I I think I think what's what's made me feel successful about that it's it's of course very nice to have a book published, um, but it, but ultimately I think what I've always mainly wanted was readers. And then having people in, you know, um, you know, colleges or other places like actually teach some of those stories that feels because, you know, I wrote the stories because I wanted them to be read um, or or say something. Um, and uh, so I hope that I hope that um, I guess that's that's how I, I define success um, is that I hope you know, they'll, the finding readers and having readers. And I, and I love it when readers say, you know, I read this story and it made me think differently about X, you know, that's, that's just the greatest thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it is that, I mean, that's the connection we're striving for, you know, we're not, we don't want to write in a vacuum. We, we want our words to touch other people, maybe make them think differently about somebody else or maybe even about themselves or their situation. You know, it is, it is, yeah. um, that's, that's the best part. I mean, sure. It's great to get great reviews. It's great to win awards. No, none of us would turn them down, but it's when you hear from a reader who's, who says this helped me, or this made me think about this, or God, it's like you were in my house with me while I'm living this situation. You know, it's it's almost a validation of what the reader has experienced. And that's and yet we don't even know these people, you know, but it's it's the universal the universal expression of the life experience. And if if we write well, then then we get it across. You know, we hope we get it across. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned so much from reading fiction. Um and I've learned so much about people and about other places and, uh, you know, it, it, it's an exchange, you know, and, um, and so I hope that's, that's my greatest hope, I guess, or idea of success. I hope I'm able to do the same thing. Well, I have really enjoyed having you on the show and I look forward to reading your stories and your novel when it comes out. So um, any idea when? Or where are we at in the process on that one? Uh, the novel is a few months away from being ready to send out. So we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, that nothing is ever, nothing is ever a given in publishing, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Well, I'm, I'm really, really appreciate you coming on this show. It was great talking with you about short stories. Thank you so much, Nancy. Absolutely. And thanks again for being on the show. And thanks to everyone who joined us here at Living the Writing Life.